0: Welcome to Two Moms on the Couch. Dana is a psychotherapist, and Amy is a comic who's married to one. Together, we'll be discussing the dilemmas of having ambitions and teen children at the same time. At the end of the show, you'll have three useful tips to help you deal with the topic of the day, which today is getting ready for the holidays emotionally. (laughs) This isn't going to be pumpkin pie recipes. You can get those online. This is going to be the real thing that concerns people during the holidays. The
1: real thing. You didn't say hi to me. Hi, Dana. (laughs) Hi, Amy. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. (laughs) I wait for you to say it. (laughs) Uh, The holidays
0: are sometimes stressful. It's it's funny because I'm, I'm actually married to somebody who... I always joke with him that he doesn't know how to do family right because they really have minimal drama. And it's it's not very interesting to be married to somebody. Boring. Yeah, snore. <laughs> <laughs> they all like each other? They all like each other. If you ask one of them uh, what happened at Zara's Bat Mitzvah, then you ask another one what happened at Zara's bat mitzvah you will get the same story you're kidding more or less i mean some people do more food description yes. but but tonally it's going to be the same it's going to be generous it's not going to pick things apart wow. it's going to it's just they they don't do it right
1: Wow. Not one comment on whose tush looked big. Oh,
0: no, 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 no. That's my family.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I've heard a family do that before, too. (laughs) Like right
0: in the middle of the Yom Kippur services, (laughs) the holiest day of the the Jewish year, you know, let's just say. (laughs) There's
1: some sinning.
0: (laughs) There's some sinning.
1: (laughs) Eye-rolling. Yeah. Snarky comments. Yeah.
0: Yeah. stuff goes on yes it's it's not there's some profane mixed with the sacred
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a nice combination
0: yeah it it keeps it spicy (laughs) so uh, do you have do you have holiday related stress Is, is there a name for that syndrome in your profession
1: I don't know if there is but it is something that people always talk about and around the holidays before and after Thanksgiving especially I think even more so than Christmas, I guess because it's a universally celebrated holiday maybe, that people talk about it a lot in sessions, and it's a way to get a lot of, it's a way to capture a lot of family dynamics or the intricacies of family dynamics. Um, But I don't know what the name, family drama perhaps? (laughs) That could be. But we certainly have our own too and we have a really close loving family but there is I always imagine what other people are talking. because I'm so self-centered maybe I imagine what they're talking about the other families are saying in the, on in the car ride home about me and mm. I cringe at the thought I feel like I should maybe give them a handout at the beginning of all of my flaws so they don't even have to waste the time Right, like the the sweet potato
0: casserole is a little underdone this year. And you'll be able to to crunch through a potato, fatal flaw, (laughs) things like like a brochure that you could, I mean, you could do that on a laser printer at home. Yes, well, I even
1: thought maybe though I could give them like my own personality flaws too. Oh, yeah. Dana will be very self-deprecating. What else? (laughs) <laughs> there's nothing else right now, there's nothing a, else well and that Come is on. all yeah that's Come on. all kind of a preemptive a ruse right to to ensure that they don't have quite as much to talk about because I know it already
0: so- right and you're wrong about the flaws okay so well no because I, I do that sometimes too I kind of play down things or sometimes what I'll do uh, there's there's a little bit of a a myth not a myth but a a characterization of me and my family mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm selfish that I'm an attention hog. I mean who would mm-hmm. believe that from a person I who's can... a stand-up comic uh-huh. who's doing a podcast <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> that, that they look for attention <laughs> that they want to be heard uh-huh. so sometimes I just I play that up for fun Uh and make it all about me. And one thing that makes it so easy for me around Thanksgiving is that my birthday is usually the week of Thanksgiving or sometimes on Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah. So it really should be all about me. Yes. And and if it's not, I'm going to make it that Uh way. But I kind of do it as a joke and actually do try to deflect as much attention as I can from myself. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's, It's... Are you guys getting
1: the complexity of this holiday Mm -hmm.
0: situation, Mm -hmm. listeners? Mm
1: -hmm. That there's all, I think we were even talking about this, or I know we were talking about this in our last episode, how there's like the manifest content, Mm. sort of all the words that are said, and then there is all of the underlying interpretations of what's being said or people's perceptions of what they actually think other people's intentions are. Yeah, like the I think that you think that I think yeah, that love, and it, it goes
0: back mm-hmm. and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. until there's a twenty year misunderstanding and people not talking to each other. <laughs> right, right. Do you have that in your family at all? People not talking to each other?
1: Um, actually, my my mother and her sister didn't speak for a long time. They had a they had been very close, and they had a lot of conflict. About who was caring for my grandparents, mm, and I think that so my father attempted to be protective of my mother, and possibly <laughs> said things and not as um, was was kind of strident in his expressions, and I think it wasn't well received. And so there were a, there were a few years, and the relationship is still pretty. It that they have. They've reconciled, but there's still like a, there's a distance between them that, and and then between our respective families too, because then it became Mm. like a feeling of betraying my mother if I were to reconnect with my aunt or her children, my cousins. And so that became complicated too, or even betraying my father. Mm. So, um, do you want me to cut this part out? Um not we'll talk necessarily. about Sarah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, but thank you for asking. How about <laughs> you, Emily? <Imola? laughs> uh we don't we don't have we
0: have kind of second cousiny things where they go through years where they don't talk with each other and then they come back. Um but not so much. I think we go for the for the latent manifest <laughs> gap Uh kind of thing Uh where the manifest content is you know the, the stuff that's articulated out loud is friendly but then the latent or stuff that's talked about with other people sometimes is a little different yes and and so that happens but I I know that in my immediate family there's you know there's the thought that life is too short to not talk to people I mean what you know, it's kind of that poo 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 thing of like warding off the mm-hmm. evil eye. Like, of course, you know, the second you call it off a relationship, something bad's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and then you're stuck holding the bag of yes. the mis- yeah. God I don't know. Forbid. I feel yes. like there's something, like there's an undercurrent of, of superstition, superstition, yeah, to it.
1: And it is it is though strikingly um, common for families mm-hmm. to have some kind of a, an estrangement. I have. I think in almost, I mean, in many patients that I that I treat, there is somebody, and that's not usually the um, like the presenting problem necessarily, but it definitely is something that comes up in the description about extended family or family dynamics. It never ceases to amaze me how many people cut out other family members, and sometimes it's really for very self-protective, almost healthy reasons that you know there are toxic relationships and so it's not necessarily like I don't know a bad thing right um but it is really common yeah most families have somebody who someone isn't speaking to right yeah and it, it is a little
0: more complicated than that even in some of my extended family like like my husband's parents are divorced And so it's definitely an either-or situation for the big holidays. Uh It's not like, I mean, for bar and bat mitzvahs and life cycle events, you know, everybody can be in the same room together. But for a holiday, we're not going to have both sets Mm -hmm. of remarried parents Mm -hmm. of his Uh, celebrating together that's just not what happens and so you know I guess all of this is to set up that there's some really intense stuff that comes up Mm -hmm. when you come together to celebrate or don't come together to celebrate about who's there who's not there and food is so weighted with people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it just... There's so much. I I find that one of my big issues with the holidays is that my mom is very manners oriented. Mm -hmm. And I like manners, too. I Mm -hmm. think, you know, the idea of people having manners as a way of respecting other people is really important. But I do find that there's some difference between manners and appearances and And I think she wants things to appear a certain way, too. And she goes through the most beautiful, tremendous effort Mm. to make something that appears Mm. gorgeous uh, and delicious for all of us. But sometimes I feel with the holidays, like I have a lot more casual approach to things. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm around my mom, I start to become more strict with my kids Mm -hmm. and kind of feel the anxiety of her anxiety Mm -hmm. of wanting things to be a certain way, Mm -hmm. which is not the certain way that we usually do things. And so then I feel kind of caught in the middle Uh and like, I'm either going to be a bad daughter or a bad mother, or in some situations I manage to be both.
1: (laughs) And I find that stressful. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that is and and by virtue of having been raised by your mother, you know so implicitly what it is that she expects and how she wants things to be. And I don't know if you're as much of a pleaser as I am. I'm not. Oh, but you still are burdened by that wanting to set, please her in that moment.
0: I don't want to. I just feel like I have to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to the world of a pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel very tuned into my parents as well. Everybody. I feel not that I'm tuned into everyone, but I am eager for everyone to think positively about me, even though I like to pretend like I'm in my 50s and don't care what other people think. I so do, <laughs> still. And I care what they think of my husband and my children. Mm. See, everybody likes my husband more than. <laughs> I don't have to worry. About that one. Is that
0: true? Oh yeah. Oh, you don't.
1: Oh well, I love you. I do love him too.
0: Yeah. I mean, this wasn't a trick question. <laughs> no, I know. No, there's but... a lot of people that, you know, a lot of my supposedly my friends that are really into Daniel.
1: Oh, that's grounds for divorce if they
0: like. Yeah, but then the divorce is going to be my fault and I'll lose the friends. I mean, it's no win. No,
1: no win. win, (laughs) No win. No win. (laughs) That's a zero-sum game. I don't really know what that means, but I've always wanted to use that expression. A zero-sum game. Yeah. I
0: think think no win is is kind of how it is like a zero-sum game is like there's winners and there's losers there's no getting to yes let's make the pie bigger uh-huh. everybody wins oh yeah zero yeah. game then you yeah you, that you did that yeah, yeah. definitely mm-hmm. what are the things that you specifically worry about people judging you for
1: I think about this a lot before holidays, is that I feel like I have changed a lot, even though I'm still a pleaser and still care what other people think about me. But I think that as a kid and as a younger person, I was much sillier, not serious you know, but I was sillier and also a little bit spacey, like I was in my own world and a little, um, or a lot incompetent. Like I was just very... I was childish for a long time and and not somebody who anyone would seek any kind of knowledge from. And I was and it bothers me now, or I worry now that people don't see me as an adult who knows what she's talking about or has some expertise or is an adult in some way. And I, I am positive that that's really more my own issue about the way that I perceive myself. But I worry a lot about whether they have updated their image of me or Mm. if it's still that antiquated historical notion of me being sort of a, I don't know, they used to call me Dan Dan. And like if they still see me that way, if they see me as like Dr. Dana kind of. And I want, some I think that I'm probably on the fence. I think that I like that they see me as funny and silly and a little dingy at times because that can be funny or flaky, but I also want some recognition in some way that I know what I'm doing or that I have some kind of upstandedness. Or I mean, I'm
0: sitting here looking at your PhD diploma on the wall. Like you, you can't be flaky or dopey and have a PhD. I, my, by defi- my, by my, yeah,
1: by your, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a flawed. That's oh, really
0: okay I, I think there are people who are
1: I mean you know, know there's me, the absent
0: minded professor type yes, who which are am, savants and you know Yeah, all let's that. pretend
1: that I'm that kind of flaky. Right. Let's pretend. Right. Okay. But, cool. And um and I I sometimes think that I make too much of an effort. once again, like I err on one side or the other, that I err on the side of like being a self fulfilling prophecy and kind of acting like my silly dopey older, younger self, my old younger self, or that I maybe try too hard to speak in an intellectual way or something so that people will suddenly recognize that I'm actually an adult or that I am a professional. And I feel like if I just acted like myself and didn't worry so much about it, it would be better for me because I don't think anyone else is devoting that much time to it. But <laughs> it just bothers me. It just, I, I it's an, it's a, it a must zero be. A zero-sum game? It, it, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't win. Yeah. But how about you? Do you, what's well, your greatest I have, worry? I
0: have, I, my, I mean, I never have people over to my house or rarely because I have total house shame like I I'm not a visual person really and I don't have much art on the walls and the art I do have is it doesn't really it doesn't really sing, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> it just say it's not drive. gonna be here. <laughs> architectural digest <laughs> and I live in this really boxy weird apartment from the the buildings from the 70s it's kind of like a fortress and so everything's just really boxy and uh-huh. and the halls are really narrow and then the kitchen is a really really small New York kitchen that's cut off from everything else so if I have people over I'm trapped in the kitchen or somebody is yes unless I'm one of those I've got it all together and I prepare <laughs> these 40 dishes in <laughs> advance kind of people and I'm not that so then, you know, sometimes I'll order in if I have family over. But anyway, so I'm embarrassed about having people over to my house. That's that's a big one. And I'm, you know, I'm a little messy and not very very decorating oriented. And then I I'm really into food like kind mm. of an embarrassing amount, mm. and I really I I don't eat poultry, which is I don't know. This is so lame sounding. <laughs> like I have all my high maintenance stuff that uh-huh. in my day-to-day life is no big deal. Like you don't have to eat poultry except at Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's a poultry holiday. I was a vegetarian for 27 years, like pretty full on. Oh. And then my hair started falling out. I know, because I had really, really low iron stores, really huh. low ferritin. So I went to my dermatologist and I said, what up, yes, Mike? And, uh, and, and
1: what did Mike say?
0: Mike said, your ferritin is so low, I'm surprised you're alive. And wow. so he prescribed red meat for me, huh. or so I like to say, because I had been craving red meat for a long time. So now I try to eat... You know, the grass fed, organicy, blah Uh blah (laughs) blah. The cows that people have hugged before they (laughs) murder them. I I eat lamb because I love it and because I have a myth in my head that they don't factory farm lamb. Please don't tell me if this isn't true. (laughs) Listeners, please, for the love of everything that is sacred. But anyway, so, you know, got my iron stores back, but Uh I still, I just can't go back to poultry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think birds are filthy. I don't mean to yuck anybody's yum. (laughs) I love that expression. (laughs) But I'm all about the sides, Uh and I don't know, I just really like good food, and so I'll be bummed when the food isn't good. So what my solution for that usually is, is I'll make what I want to eat. It's all about desserts and vegetable sides and stuff like that, and bring it but my mom when when I lived in Portland she has such a regimented way that uh, she likes things to be that she doesn't like people bringing stuff that much because uh, it's never the right stuff or like if you bring something she'll tell you what recipe to use to bring it and so what I've done at home is in, with my parents, is I just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't lift a finger because I'm going to lift it wrong. But mm-hmm. then I get a bad rap for being lazy. It's a zero I going to say. All of this is you just but can't I'm not, I'm not lazy. I just, you know, would rather not have that anxiety of doing it wrong. And so I don't yeah. do, you know, I do some things if I'm told specifically what to do. But I think... You know, I, I I act like a man on the holidays. Huh. You know, huh. I, I at my mom's house.
1: So you don't even get up to. to I clear. clear the of dish. course, I clear. Oh, so you're not I mean, he, like no, a huge No
0: men lady. clear too. I mean, come on. That's not in all families. Okay. Oops. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, my husband does. Mm-hmm. Does your son? I uh, yeah. Does he get yes, conscripted? He, yes, he probably does, and he always. Yeah, he does. But I know that my my parents' generation, my father and my father-in-law, don't. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. A lot of those quizzes about, you know, are you like a man or a woman? I don't know, if they're BuzzFeed or whatever. I always end up like a man. (laughs) Really? Yeah, like this, you know, kind of. Pushing and I don't know whatever uh-huh. just huh. whatever stereotypes there are. Yes, I, I, I yeah. I also sing bass in my acapella group. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think all of those stereotypes are going to start like diluting over the next generation anyway, because of all of the gender. Yeah. Um, whatever the the queering
0: of gender or whatever. Yes. Just I mean, come on, it's so silly, gender. <laughs>
1: As it a is. social
0: construct. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's what's the
1: point? I agree, but it's so, con- we're so conditioned. We really are. We it's really are. It's amazing to me. And I have just begun to think about it in the context of all of this, like, masculine toxicity and things mm-hmm. like that. I shouldn't even say it so mockingly, but like, that there is. Yeah, there's so much unconscious connection to gender and what we associate to gender and what is actually attributable to gender or what isn't. But anyway, let's get back to the holidays. I'm sorry. Okay, but that, you know, that
0: sometimes comes up too. Like I have a um, one kid. (laughs) I was going to make some joke about what you stuff, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to because I have that kind of restraint. Which I'm really proud of. No, but the the gender thing comes up too. You know, I have one daughter who, for several years, was dressing um, in a more, you know, typically masculine way, and she asked me to buy her a suit, and I did, and I spent a lot of money on it, and she still <laughs> hasn't worn it, and I'm a little frustrated with it. Pretty soon, she's gonna grow out of it. Um, maybe I'll push it for this Thanksgiving but anyway yeah. the point is that you know I think that once again with this whole presentational thing that the wear a dress and some tights and mm-hmm. some flats was kind mm-hmm. of a a thing and and my parents over time got a lot more used to mm. however they would show up as long as they looked neat and clean mm-hmm. and respectably Uh, nice for the occasion kind of appropriate but
1: and not wearing
0: like white pants or anything after well it's way way after (laughs) yeah yeah just making sure
1: no it was a black suit oh okay all right so that's okay
0: yeah of course come on I know (laughs) what do you think I am I'm sorry (laughs) I was just checking (laughs) but anyway so you know all those things and and it's that same thing that I was talking about earlier about how I want to protect my kid and make sure that they feel loved and appreciated as they are, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And so wanting to protect them in a way from judgments that, you know, are about, about that kind of thing you know like my daughter for a while was dying her hair blonde and my mom would be like your natural color is so beautiful Mm. and you know Mm. it is because it's the same color as mine Mm -hmm. but you know I just I want them to feel free to express themselves as they are and they'll figure it out and find who they are Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's been one of my challenges in life is finding out, you know, am I short cropped blonde hair, Amy, uh-huh. or Upper East Side uh, Brunette Roots Done Bob, Amy? <laughs> right, right. Lob, yeah, Lob. Lob. It's a long bob. Uh, it's a long bob. Yeah, yeah. that is a lob. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that it is hard and this whole I think that we should do a podcast actually. (laughs) This is what we always say in our conversations. Oh, we should do an episode about that, about how we encourage our kids to be who they are and develop their identities, so to speak, and how our own identity development evolved, because I think I know who I am, but sometimes I'm sort of surprised about what what emerges and but i think for you a lot of times i think that you are someone who has many you're very multi-dimensional
0: i just thought of that song
1: I'm every woman <laughs> it's all in me oh you um, are an alto <laughs> <laughs> and every man too um. <laughs> but you are you are you have a lot of i think you have a lot of facets to you I don't think I'm not that this is a competition because it would be a zero-sum game but I I'm I'm I don't know if I have as you have a lot of talents and a lot of knowledge and a lot of skills that seem to run a a vast
0: shallow no no no
1: I I think that that's I think about that when we're talking
0: well it's I mean, in a way, it kind of feels like if, if you stick around long enough, if you're lucky enough to live long enough, uh, then you get a lot of different stuff if you want it, I guess. You know, sometimes I think about that as an advantage of getting older, mm-hmm. that... I mean, I didn't think 20 years ago
1: that I'd be doing a podcast <laughs> <Right>. with the, <laughs> the there person that pods. I didn't even know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. But I think you also take a lot in as you live your life. Like, I don't know if I necessarily have the capacity emotionally or intellectually to take it in that I sort of cut myself off in ways to whatever, manage it. But I feel like you really absorb a lot of your experiences and then metabolize it in some sort of interesting way. But um, that's unique to you. And um, and I feel like you, you, a lot of times when you and I are talking and you'll say, well, I was, I used to do this or I used to do that. And I'm thinking, how many freaking jobs could you have had? Like, I've been a therapist for 28 years. Wow. The end. The, and now a podcaster. <laughs> See, the yes. beginning. And I'm writing and a the author. book all about the same thing, though. The end. Hmm. I think that's great. Thank yeah, you. I don't really? know. I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to
0: say the grass is always greener. Right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Somebody asked me recently, I was talking with somebody younger. This is such a big digression, mm-hmm. but this younger person asked me recently uh, Is there anything looking back on your life that you would change? Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting because oh. I this, the one thing I said is I would have gotten on antidepressants earlier
1: huh? because
0: huh. I used to have these wicked periods where oh. I would think the most negative thoughts about myself, the most negative thoughts about everybody else, think that everybody else was thinking the most negative thoughts about me, uh-huh. and then I would pick fights. And it was just huh. really yucky huh. and hurt my relationships huh. and... Um, I don't think I could have sustained enough of a relationship to be married without mm. that in my life. And so, I don't know. That was the one regret I had. But other than that, je regrette <laughs> rien. Uh...
1: And do you up your antidepressants before Thanksgiving?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure
1: there's enough in the turkey. Oh, but I don't
0: need it. Right. So. <laughs> I'll put it in this stuffing. That's yeah. a good idea. That's a great idea.
1: Well, and actually, when you and I were talking before about what we could offer other people in preparing for the holidays, and I think that, of course, I was chock full of a lot of different thoughts, but I think that one of them is the idea of, you know how they say before you go to a party that you shouldn't go hungry, like you shouldn't arrive at the party to the party hungry because then you'll either overeat or you'll feel out of control or whatever that you should be hungry enough that you want to consume and partake in the food. I thought that was only grocery shopping but I guess that makes sense with parties uh, yeah, too. Yeah I think yeah. it's like a maybe it's a dieting technique or something but I think that it's important to go into the holidays with some sort of like nourishment also some kind of emotional nourishment even if it is that you need to go to the gym before you go or if you meditate or do yoga or need to have a snack or even if you need to discuss what the dynamics are going to be before you actually go so that I think invariably people are triggered, so to speak, at some point or other. There's going to be some kind of predictable um, exchange that is going to set somebody off because we're family and, and the dynamics are so kind of deeply embedded in our sense of ourselves or in the relationships and things and so I think it's helpful even to talk about it ahead of time even with your husband with your spouse with the your kids
0: in your journal in your if journal those aren't things that you have available yes. to you I think yes. that can kind of help clarify what those issues and triggers yes. are so that at least you can be conscious right does that help?
1: Absolutely. And then I think also you can begin to strategize about some things that you might do even to mitigate some of the pain or stress or um, anxiety that can arise. So if for example it, it helps sometimes to get a little bit of breathing room while you're there it may be that when you start to feel yourself becoming more agitated or whatever that you go for a walk or that's what bathrooms are for. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know I think that people do use the bathroom for prolonged periods of time sometimes as a little bit of a respite or to get some some space
0: or for that other reason. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I know nobody would do that during a holiday dinner. No, no. 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 Sorry. No that I brought it there.
1: God. <clears throat> I'm glad you do, and also in drinking. Sometimes it's helpful to have a drink. Sometimes it's helpful not to have a drink, an alcoholic drink.
0: I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah.
1: but being hydrated, honestly, <laughs> I
0: mean, every time my kids come home with anything—a headache, a nausea—and and I'm tired. Have some water. Yes, that's my solution. And you really do get dehydrated, and it does make you cranky and Mm -hmm. tired. Or you know, my my aunt ended up practically in the hospital the other week because of a bad dehydration situation. She doesn't like water. Huh? Yeah. Not the one on your side. Oh, the I was one on going to say. Other I side. Can't no, 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 she no. Oh. She seems like a big
1: water drinker. Yes, I think that she is a responsible water drinker. Yeah. Well, now
0: my other aunt is too, and oh. and her life is a little better.
1: She learned her lesson. Yeah,
0: the hard way, but still, mm-hmm. um, hopefully, this is easier for all of you,
1: mm-hmm. guys
0: <laughs> listening to this go get yourselves a glass of water. (laughs) Everything's going to be better, right? No, but I think what you're saying is so useful. Just that idea of not zooming into the holidays, but of, of taking even 10 minutes to be really intentional about taking care of yourself, finding a way to love or nourish yourself. Mm -hmm. I know these things sound super corny, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's real. Mm -hmm. It's real.
1: Yeah. And to anticipate that there are things that you expect are going to happen. And I think that there's always like a wish that maybe it won't happen, that maybe, you know, there won't be as much talk about politics or maybe there won't be, you know, that this person who typically tells this story that annoys me won't tell the story. But for the most part, people are relatively predictable as much as i'm very much wishing that people see me in a different light and so if you do know that somebody's going to be that there's something that annoys you that has happened the last 10 thanksgivings it's highly likely that it's going to happen again and therefore prepare yourself accordingly that when that person begins to tell the story that you know makes you want to dig your nails into your hand maybe that's the time to go and help the host or hostess with the dishes oh That's a
0: win-win. That's the opposite of a (laughs) zero-sum game. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. We'll all benefit. The other thing I was thinking about, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to ask you a question.
0: Oh. Because um... my reaction to a lot of the holiday stresses is to check out and Mm -hmm. to kind of numb out or just go into myself or to eat a lot, you know, kind of eat my feelings Mm -hmm. and it doesn't taste as good when I'm eating my feelings mm-hmm. as when I'm just eating a meal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Any any way that you can help me, please?
1: Well, I told you to go well-nourished.
0: Oh, in my drink, inner court. I think cor- drink cor- yeah. water.
1: Okay. <laughs> God, the answer was within me all along. <laughs> you have the answer. Um, I don't know, but I think... <laughs> okay.
0: That was me drinking water.
1: I think that, um, well, I think that one of the things, though, is when you anticipate, it may be that also, if you can, this sounds sort of cheesy, but I think is helpful, too. If there's going to be someone there who you are looking forward to seeing or if there's something that you do want to get out of it, like even, um, you know, someone's home from college and you're dying to hear how her or his experience is, that it seems like if you almost, not that you necessarily have to script your time, but I do think that if there are certain things that you do want out of it, there's also a way to kind of just have that top of mind so that you can even go and talk to that person so that that too will hopefully prevent you from eating so much. But um, not even, just I think that, kind of allowing yourself to be able to like, proactively or maybe affirmatively get something from the experience so that it doesn't have to be something that you just endure or that you're a victim of, but actually that you're an active participant in and that you're engaging in it in a way that works for you.
0: I think that's that's good advice in a way. I mean, one way I might take that even further is to think about how I can get curious about some of those things for other people. Like, you know, if there is a story instead of checking out, think, what is there here that I can wanna know more about or Mm -hmm. hear in a different way? Or just kind of, once again, being intentional about being curious with mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. I mean it's that improv thing of kind of accepting the offers and mm-hmm. and kind of looking for the offers around me and building on them in yes. ways that are different and more engaged yeah I mean it just sounds like an interesting exercise to do to any family listening I love holidays I just have my moments my <laughs> right. stresses my own garbage <laughs> it's, all you. it's not
1: them it's right you.
0: right and so you know and and I even though I seem extroverted, I do sometimes around a lot of people hmm. get a little overwhelmed. I'm yes. one of those people that really loves the one-on-one conversation yes. in a party of 2,000 people. Uh-huh. So, you know, there's a little bit of that going on. Yes. I wouldn't go so far as to say, oh, I have social anxiety with my family. But it's, uh-huh. you know, I, I do enjoy one-on-one yes. situations. So, I don't know, finding finding ways to be intentional about that seems like maybe... I'll experiment with that and get back to you.
1: Yeah, I would be interested to know how it works. I also think a lot that we approach things with, I know that I I say this almost every episode in some way, shape or form, but I, I guess it's something that I'm trying to convince myself into too, that every exchange, you come to the table, literally the Thanksgiving table with your own perceptions and your own interpretations of things and it isn't necessarily the intention or the perception of the other person and while it isn't necessarily our job to always step into the shoes of the other person on the other hand most of the time people or I like to think that people's intentions are benevolent and that they're not trying to annoy you or they're not trying to make you feel whatever feeling you're feeling if it's negative like jealous or envious, not that I have ever felt those oh, feelings, no. but I hear that other people yeah. feel or something. Yeah, I've read articles about that. Yeah, interesting. must be hard for them, mm. those people. But um, Or feel competitively, which is something that I like struggle with. Like with a or... I've heard that people have felt that way also.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Read, the, I read a piece. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. it
1: was the same article. So I think that also, I say this sometimes to couples as well, that you assume benevolent intent, that you don't assume malevolent intent. And I think that so much of the time, because we come to the table with all of our baggage or all of these assumptions and in our own self-protective mode that we end up misinterpreting and therefore vilifying or maligning the other person when they're just approaching the table with their own self-protective mechanisms also and so sometimes if I am anticipating that somebody's going to annoy me I do try to think about it doesn't always work but I I try to think about or empathize with what that person's experience is like for example my mother this Thanksgiving all of the grandchildren are are going to be Mm. together and that's rare because my brother lives in Portland with my cousin with your cousin So all six of the grandchildren are are going to be together. My mother is in her late 70s. She loves when the family is all together. I think she feels like she's like a Kennedy or something. (laughs) And um, so she spends a large part of the time trying to get everybody together, all of the six grandchildren together and my parents, so that she can get a picture with everybody. And I think that sometimes it annoys me because she can be very persistent about it. And it also annoys me because sometimes I ascribe all of these meanings to it. Oh, she wants to show off. She just wants to show her friends. In the meantime, there. when I take a step back and get over myself or get away from myself, I realize, yes, she is in her late 70s. She has raised three children and now has six grandchildren who are gorgeous. They are. Yes. And she should be proud and she should want to have some kind of concrete, not even evidence, but some sort of concrete. Something to hold on to yes. from that. Yes, yeah. And it isn't, and so who am I to be criticizing or judging her? Not that I'm so judgy of it, but it does. Sometimes it's easy to do the eye roll. Yes. Like, oh God, Yeah, the like picture. enough with the picture. Right, like, like let's we're just eat, the, let's exactly. just talk,
0: and be together, and, and, and experience, whatever. Yes, but yes. exactly. Right.
1: And so I think that when I approach it sort of more empathically, it's much easier for me to get on board. It's much easier for me not to be so eye-rolly. And also I feel gross when I leave these holidays and then I feel like I'm like sort of poking or looking for negative like things. Like
0: scroogey about yes, it
1: all. Yes, that's gross. But I think I, I have a tendency to go there for my own self-protective reasons too, because I felt insecure about something. And I think when I own that, it's a little bit easier um, to not be – it's a zero-sum game because you're going to (laughs) feel lousy either way. But,
0: I mean, that that would be the goal, I guess, from this episode is that people get a couple strategies to leave the holidays feeling – decent about themselves and their families I, I loved what you were saying about assuming benevolent intent mm-hmm. and I and I like what you were saying too uh, when you took it deeper to say that it, it you know benevolent intent makes it sound like everybody's the Pope who wants to bless you or something <laughs> you know uh, benevolent but I think really when people do things that sometimes prickle, it's it's their own self protective yes. uh, thing, and they want something from the holiday, or they want something from the relationship, or they want to keep themselves safe. Yes. And so that idea of not getting too bristly because your family is trying to do that for themselves, mm-hmm. and and you having you know finding your own benevolent intent, mm-hmm. not you specifically, yes. but one. Um, is is a good challenge.
1: Yes. And I think it's also a good role modeling for our, our kids as mm. well, like that I can remember times when we left family gatherings and there was a lot of laughing about other people or making fun of other people, which was fun in some way, but certainly made me realize how <laughs> what a Shark Tank families can be and how the place where you're supposed to be unconditionally loved and safe and things are actually and maybe we are unconditionally loving in some way just by virtue of, I mean, just because we criticize one another doesn't mean we don't love each other. But I don't know. I guess it's a matter of finding the balance because there is something fun about. Funny. The, I mean, families are funny. Families are so Hilarious. funny. Hilarious. And finding the humor in it, I right. think, can be really, really funny.
0: Yeah. with And finding the. The not mean humor. Yes. That's the challenge.
1: <laughs> is there another kind? <laughs> yeah. So,
0: okay. So just to recap, so far we have nourish yourself in some way to get ready. Assume benevolent intent from other people or at least assume a self-preserving intent from yes. other people. Uh, is there a third? Oh, the third takeaway is so easy. Stay hydrated. Stay <laughs> <Yes. laughs> hydrated.
1: Drink a lot of water. Yes. Come yes, on, yes, yeah, that's the third, and also, and I think strategizing a little bit too, which maybe all of the all of the takeaways kind of tie into each other. But if there's any way to strategize a little bit or make planful techniques that you can use, so that when it when these uncomfortable situations invariably arise, that you already have something to institute. Um, institute employee, i don't
0: know either one Um, it
1: basically when the going gets tough the
0: tough go to the bathroom bingo yeah okay that is our how to prepare for the holidays emotionally episode (laughs) except for our final bonus happy segment no you have to uh, and we we discussed our no you have tos in advance today, and uh, they both come from Trader Joe's.
1: Uh huh. Good old. So
0: no, you have <laughs> to get their Italian frozen pizza crust. It's so I don't know. It's not Sicilian. Sicilian's the thick one, but yeah. it's so it's so thin and mm. authentic, mm. and it cooks up so beautifully. Mm. And I have one daughter who's a very specific eater <laughs> and it is her favorite one for me to make the homemade pizza where mm. I did do, you don't have to roll out this dough it's all done for you so you just put the toppings on so oh yeah so she likes this pizza that you might want to try with uh pesto on it she likes the Costco brand uh and then you put Granny Smith apples sliced and then you put parmesan cheese on top of it and you bake it according to package directions (laughs) and it's delicious and it gets her to eat something green
1: Mm. Mm. that's such a clever recipe she made it up wow she is so creative (laughs) that is really and actually when we were talking about the whole pizza situation and trader joe's we actually recently bought the cauliflower um pie crust pizza pie crust Mm -hmm. And it's actually, it sounds disgusting and my kids were rolling their eyes about it ahead of time and probably will roll their eyes at me for a long time. But it actually is really good and we made like a vegetarian kind of pizza with it and all different kinds of vegetables and cheese and it was really good i thought it had kind of a nice interesting flavor it doesn't exactly taste like new york pizza but it tastes like a healthy it doesn't even taste that healthy necessarily (laughs) and the kids loved it so um
0: i think that would be so funny to put sausage on that you know you've gone through all the bother of buying this vegetable Uh crust with Uh no gluten and just sausage it up Uh yeah Uh uh-huh yeah so you know and as we were talking about that we were talking about the fact that we as the women in our houses are the food colors and cultivators and purchasers and we kind of feel sheepish sometimes Mm -hmm. you know that as the women Mm -hmm. uh we're the pizza crust recommenders and yet we want to be these professional women and don't, you know, feel a little funny about like, oh, I have a recipe Mm -hmm, recommendation. mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I want to be cooler than recipes, but my family has to eat and not go broke. Uh So anyway, we'll be talking about that built-in conundrum. Well, not necessarily built-in, but that conundrum in a future episode, which you can look forward to. I know we are. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Like us, preferably with five stars, give us a rating, a review. We want to hear your feedback. Now we have a website, two moms on the couch.com.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.